Hello, Tony. Hello, Ted. Hi, guys. Um, oh, I hate the... Just do it, man. Just do, it, man. Just do, the, do intro the intro of the podcast. podcast. So uh, we recorded a bunch of podcasts on a trip to San Francisco uh, not that long ago. Uh, Linda Delaney from Bay Area Classic Artist Atelier, otherwise known as Baca. Baca. Uh, helped uh, arrange our travel so that we could uh, go and speak to a bunch of people who were really excited to uh, to speak with, who we weren't sure when we would get a chance, if not to actually go out there. Well, I know when we were talking, when we talk about the podcast and where it's going to go, San Francisco was always a place we wanted to go out to because there's so many artists out there. There are, and you know, it's also significant for us because I think both of us pretty much started our careers out there professionally. With you know, John Pence, yeah, yeah, at the John Pence Gallery. So it was nice because I was I was actually the one doing I was doing a workshop at Baca. How did that go? Was that fun? It was great. It gets great students. Um, it's always like with workshops, you know, you kind of stress a little bit about it beforehand, and once you're in the middle of it. You're, you understand why you do them as, as hard as they are, yeah. you know, tiring and everything. Once you're in the middle of it, you're like, this is cool. It's like, hard. Have a good time. And stuff. It's hard to explain to somebody who hasn't done that, how teaching. exhausting it is. Yeah. Like you're basically like talking and like tap dancing at the same time <laughs> for like eight hours straight. It's one of the, it's one of the, I know when I go, it, let's just say you have 10 students in a class and each student is an individual and you have to almost customize a response or some sort of critique to this one person. Um, and then as soon as you move on to the next person, you have to come up with a completely new critique and you know, an analogy or something to kind of go along with it. So, which is also often like the exact opposite of what you just you said just to the said, other person. I've actually had those. Wait, uh, you didn't you just say something else to me? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But just, <laughs> it was just don't don't listen. <laughs> I'm talking to this person, right? Anyway, so we were out there, and there was a bunch of people on our list. Um, of people we wanted to talk to. We got a bunch of great recordings. A, a this is the first. Ones. And uh, I, I thought it, it deserves a little introduction because uh, he's not in the painting community. Uh, but for, I think for both of us, this was like one of those moments that we had, you know, like almost hoped would happen when the podcast started. And uh, and then when it when we got to speak to him, you know, it was like he delivered. So this is with Anthony Mangieri, who uh, started making pizza in New Jersey and then moved to New York and started a shop called Una Pizza Napolitana. On the Lower East Side. And when he opened that shop, it was like revolutionary. He was like the forerunner of this whole movement in food to take pizza seriously. And all of a sudden he was getting like amazing press, like all the, everybody was writing about him and his like exacting standards and how unbelievably devoted he was to preserving almost like an art form of making pizza. Like you know, for the most part before him, pizza was like, you go and get a slice and, you know, there were a couple of yeah. Joe's was like a better slice than somewhere else. Yeah. But, we talk about like growing up in the city, like Joe's is the best slice. Right. You know, but downtown. it was still like a guy who didn't really care that much making the pizza. It wasn't <laughs> like, 
It's funny because when you bring up something like pizza, um, in this case, pizza, people are like, well, you know, how serious can you take pizza? Well, so Anthony, I think he changed the form a little bit because he really brought Neapolitan pizza to New York. Uh, I think maybe there was there were sort of forms of it like Totono's, which he talks about. Uh, but it's different. It's not it's not this. He decided to start uh fermenting his own dough with uh, with natural yeast just from the air. Mm -hmm. uh, so he didn't use any commercial yeast. And that meant, and there, there were a lot of complaints about this, about his shop, that when he ran out of dough, he was done. He couldn't, like, it takes, you know, a day to rise the dough. So he made enough dough for the next day. And if it was a particularly busy night, he didn't have any more dough. So he would just have to shut his doors when he ran out of dough. And people would get, like infuriated yeah. but it also i think to you and and me we were like whoa, whoa, whoa. this guy <laughs> is so serious about the pizza that he's like willing to turn paying customers away because he can't make it to the standard that he wants to make it to yeah. for them and i think that that appealed to both of us and we were like, wait, there's something there's something interesting about this guy that's pretty common now when you hear about you know restaurants or something that might say, oh, there's this, you know, kind of standard and in this case, you know, the dough running out or the brisket running out or something and then they're done. And it oh, yeah, almost yeah. makes it more, more special desirable, and yeah. more de desirable. But it also, I mean, it, he was one of the first that I remember that. Right. And I definitely, I think for pizza, he changed the form. And then all of a sudden you had all these followers like coming up right after him that started taking Neapolitan pizza seriously. And now in New York, it's very hard to find a slice. Not only that, but across the country. I've been yeah. to different parts of the country and, and they're doing Neapolitan. Like Disney World, yeah. which he also mentions. <laughs> yeah, he um, mentions that. But I, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit from the some of the, well, a book in particular, Heat uh, by Bill Buford, who was a New Yorker writer, uh, and then went and apprenticed in the uh, in the kitchen at Babo, which is Mario Batali's big restaurant. Uh, he Batali kind of changed the way that we looked at Italian food because before Babo, uh, mostly in New York, the Italian restaurants were what they call red sauce joints. They mm -hmm. were like checkered tablecloths. <laughs> it was like Lady in the Tramp. It was like spaghetti and meatballs. It was, you know, and. Batali was had you know traveled around Italy and he had trained in, in kitchens in Italy and he was a really talented up and coming chef and he kind of walked away from it all to learn about cooking in Italy and then came back and tried to make the most authentically Italian restaurant he could make and you know I'm sure at first there was a shock people would walk in and there was no spaghetti and meatballs yeah. or no chicken parmesan and there were what certain, ends up, I mean, a lot of that is actually Italian-American. Well, exactly cooking. right. Yeah. And I mean, like it's legitimate. Italian. Like it's, it's, I think that's interesting too, but. There's an art what, to that too. Yes. Italian-American. But Batali kind of changed the way that New York. So you think it was Batali? Yeah, I do. You really think it was Batali? I mean, I think that's why he's like. Who he of is? chefs, like the, like one of the biggest names in, in cooking is because he revolutionized the way that New Yorkers and, and you know, a lot of other people, because I think it spread out from New York, mm. but uh, particularly New York looked at Italian food and 
all of a sudden there was like this dedication to this ethos that existed in Italy. And at the time, if you think back to that period in America, you know, people weren't necessarily talking about farm to table and farmers getting stuff from farmers and like highlighting good ingredients and just making things as simply as possible to highlight the best possible ingredients. And then Batali did that with Babo and Babo's and, still a great restaurant. It is, although it just got demoted. Uh, they lost a star. What, a, a Michelin? Were they a Michelin star? No, no, or no just like Times, on the New Times. York Times. Uh, it was a three-star restaurant. It just went down to two. Um, but anyway, but it, but it was game. still, it was, that restaurant really changed the course of the way that uh, Italian food was served in New York. And, and I think it spread out. And I think it's not dissimilar from what Anthony Mangieri did when he started making Neapolitan pizza and started to talk about the, and in Naples, they've got like really strict, you know, oh, yeah. the, the crust has to be there's actually a rule two book. centimeters. There's a and, rule book. Yeah. There's actually rules you can get online and they have a whole list of rules yeah. or else you can't call it. But I don't know that, pizza. I don't even know how, you know, how much those rules were circulating. Yeah, even in so. Naples, yeah. I think it was probably more spoken, but uh, Anthony brought that to New York. And I, I don't think it existed here before that. And yeah. and a dedication to pizza as an art form, yeah. which, you know, I, some people will probably still have trouble understanding that, but you and I have eaten there a bunch of times. And I, I can tell you that every time I've eaten there, it's always a little bit different. different. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's always amazing. And it's kind of exciting because, you know, he's working with live ingredients with, you know, with live cultures. And so, you know, sometimes the crust is like really sour and it, yeah. you know, and then other times kind of the salt is able to kind of complement the, the, the sourness in the crust. It's, it's, he's working with this, just a few things and trying to find this perfect balance. But and every day is the balance is different because I mean, I mean, just because, and he talks a little bit about that. Yeah. I don't and remember if we were talking about like even the air quality, the, the moisture in the air, everything. Like, I mean, it, it affects how, everything. how dough rises and any baker knows that, but, yeah. uh, I don't think that pizza, you know, you don't think about, uh, going into a pizza place and them thinking about that, but Anthony thinks deeply about that. And it's part of why I felt like, he's our people like he yeah, is sure. he's an artist working in a, a different medium and 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 you know it's, it reminds me a little bit of the way that i you know i can spend a stretch of 30 days every single day going to the beach and painting plein airs on the ocean and trying to study waves and on the 31st day it's still totally new and exciting to me because i'm seeing things that are completely different and i'm getting to like study something that I didn't see on any of those other 30 days because every day is just a tiny bit different. And I think that, you know, when he's working with pizza, it's a similar thing. He's got this limited number of ingredients mm -hmm. and there's just like an infinite range of ways that they can be rearranged to produce just slightly different results. And so you're chasing perfection, like this perfect balance. And that's, that's what I do, you know, or try to do painting the ocean. And I, yeah. I, I don't know. I felt like a camaraderie with, with yeah, Anthony, absolutely. but I also know that. Uh, he goes a little extreme too, which I love where I we love had that, that conversation where he, he got this unbelievable oven from shipped from Italy. Right. I don't like know. That a, we, a yeah. beautiful thing. And he uses it a few times. He's like, it's, I don't like it. And he just <laughs> tore it out. And these are like, 
you know, whatever, $15,000. Well, he was famously, <laughs> didn't he? he did I, it I think in New York, In too. New York, yeah. in his shop, he got the first oven, and he, they placed it, and he started to work with it. And he goes, and I don't like it. It wasn't good enough. And he goes, take it out. And he got, and they had to remove a, the, wall the wall of the restaurant to remove it and get These a new one in. massive, massive, huge stone ovens. But he had to have it exactly, exactly. right and ship from Naples yeah. with stone from Naples. Yeah. And uh, See, I love that. I, yeah, <laughs> I do too. And I think you and I had been talking about, we've been talking about him for like years and years. And he, he was like... It, it, when he was in New York, he was getting a ton of press. Like every newspaper magazine was writing about him. And it's a very this... competitive thing too. Pizza, pizza makers and, and they're all like, they all compete with each other. Yeah. They all know about each other and they're all But like, I think he kind he of kinda, started that. Yeah, I, I know. I and talking... he's also got a little bit, I think he's mellower now, but like he when is. he was younger and he was in New he's York, young. he was like, he, he had a lot of like, he had sort of an aggressive attitude oh, yeah. towards it. He got and, thorny. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was that like, he was really confident. He's like a prize loved, fighter. Yeah. And I, I think that that also appealed to, to both of us. I mean, we used to talk about him constantly. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so I've been hoping that, you know, at some point we would connect with him and uh, we finally got to sit down with him. Yeah. Thanks in part to uh, Mike Evans, who... Our buddy Mike, who's... Um, a filmmaker who's doing some awesome stuff. Yeah, and he's uh, very tight with, with Anthony. And, and another note is that Anthony, which I think is kind of extraordinary, he's a relatively young guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's really kind of made a mark in the culinary, in this like little small culinary well, world. Well, that's my whole thing is like he made a huge, he changed the way that we are and thinking And this is like pizza. an old tradition. He was like, let me play with it. Like even I was talking to a friend of mine, my friend Christian, who owns a, a series of restaurants in New York called Fortinas and, and great restaurants and they make pizza. And I mentioned that we talked to Anthony and he's just like, that guy's the best. You mm -hmm. know, he's awesome. He's like, I actually just spoke to him recently because he was like, I wanted to get a tattoo and it was going to be the patron saint of pizza who is there, the patron saint? I, I can't remember i mean well <laughs> he's like well he called anthony oh yeah like, and anthony's to, like yeah i, I know exactly yeah he's like is. i need to know like the authenticity like <laughs> right. what it needs to be like there's tradition in it yeah and anthony told him exactly what he needed to do and he got and he showed me the tattoo and i was like that's awesome yeah i mean i think anthony it, <laughs> like he takes it real serious that even and like, he is the, the authority him. as he's young good. as he is like he's anyway i i just i i thought that it it uh, merited a little bit of an introduction yeah. just so that people understand, like, first of all, how lucky we are to even get to sit down with Anthony. <laughs> and second of all, just how amazing he is and how important he is in the world of, you know, in the culinary world. Yeah. Um, because I think he's, he's a little bit mellower and maybe a little bit it's, more modest now. And he's very thoughtful. He is, and I don't think he's 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 not out there bragging anymore. And <laughs> probably at a time he was, and I you know I just hope that people don't forget the contribution that he made, which is sizable, uh, and uh, that um, anyway that 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 they enjoy the conversation. Is, I think it's a good one. It was a fun one for us, so um, I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy it, especially if you're in your studio right now painting. You'll you'll understand. You get a little hungry. You get a little <laughs> hungry and you'll understand the idea of just being, you know, in his case, his studio is his, his restaurant in, in San Francisco. And, um, 
you'll, you, I think there's a, kin, a, a parallel thinking. Well, that, definitely taking the traditional form and and uh, running with it, know, seeing what you're going to do. With yeah, it. trying to take it as far as you can. Like that's what we're all doing. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, enjoy and uh, keep bon those bon appetito, and keep those emails coming. Yeah. Chip. Suggested donation. Doing. We were talking about this yesterday, where I'm constantly feeling like, feeling like a fraud. Even I think kind I am of. kind of a fraud. I think everyone feels like that, that doesn't have a real job. You know? <laughs> All of us here yeah. at this table. Any, like, uh, anybody that's not like working, you know, nine to five kind of feels like that. Yeah. I think so. But I also think you can reverse it and start thinking that, like, actually, you figured out how to not have a nine to five job. There's, <laughs> so you're... Having had a nine to five job before, there's traps in that that are equally as terrible. And you get stuck in that thinking. It's like when you figure out, like, hey, you know what? I have this uncomfortable thing I just have to deal with of, like, how am I going to string all this stuff together? But it's kind of more exciting, too. It's like you're in control of your yeah, ship Yeah, that's a true. The 9 to 5 thing, if you, the fraud thing, you're like, what, are, what do I really bring to the table here? Well, I like, mean, what am I doing? you can feel like a total fraud in a 9 to 5. It's like... Absolutely. I'd rather feel like a fraud doing something that I care about than, like, pretending that I'm doing something so that I don't get fired. Right. And Maybe I feel that's like a true. fraud. You know? I've never had a real job, so I should, probably shouldn't even say that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I I think I everybody at this table never had never a real, had a real job. job. I've had real Mike, jobs. Mike, yeah. Yeah. Mike's had real jobs. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, I mean, no, As the I expert on real jobs, you can yeah, speak to I've, this I've issue. I've had health insurance. Uh, somebody else pay for that. Well, I guess I had yeah. that when we were like in, huh. in animation and Disney. You've had real jobs. Yeah. That, that wasn't was like a real job. I, I used to get sent to the producer's office for you like crashing did. a bike into somebody's cubicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually at one point worked um, at that was MTV days or that something. Was MTV and we days, worked yeah. and they would call both of us in because we did something and they're like, guys, because we got our work done, so they yeah. loved us. They couldn't they, fire us. They couldn't because they, they kind of wanted to. I think settle down a little bit. We're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel and by like... the way, can you finish this guy's work? Because he didn't really get it done. <laughs> much. No, I'll be like, all right, I got it. No worries. Yeah. I feel like you know you got a real job when you don't have to panic about your taxes. Uh, you know, when your taxes come oh, up. Oh, yeah. If you've yeah, got a real yeah. job, you've already paid well, your taxes taken through out. work. It's exactly. taken out. Yeah. yeah. If you're in a position where it's like, ah, shit. Taxes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good indicator. In like yeah. March, you wake up at like yeah. 3 a.m., but then you fall back asleep yeah. and you forget about yeah. it. If you have to file April. for an extension, you don't have a real job. I that's right. That's a good extension. Oh, right. Yeah. Tony's been years. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Anthony, where did. The... Wait, let's start with. Yeah, start welcome for, to Suggested Donation. I'm Edward Minoff. I'm Tony Serenai. And we're joined by. We're in hollowed ground. We're joined by Anthony Jerry, the legend. <laughs> and Mike Evans, the legendary filmmaker, friend, artist. Everybody should. I, I should. Everybody should watch Naturally Risen. You can find it online. That that film. It's beautifully done, and I think it's a. It's like a unspoken like testament to what you do. Just a visual testament to what you do, Anthony. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, that's that's Mike. Yeah. Mike did that. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty significant part of it. Well, I mean, he's, he's a good, he's very directive when he does stuff. So he just tells me what to do and I kind of did it. Well, you were doing what you do and what you've been doing for, what is it now, 20 years? Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, when we filmed that, that was, I guess, seven years ago, almost. Yeah. So like seven years ago, we did that. And you've, and you've, I mean, how long had you been doing it? Since? Uh, at that point, I, I guess it was already like probably 14 years that we were in business. And then I started making pizza, I guess, about 30 years ago. Really? At, at this point, ago? yeah, I started when I was 15. But you're like, yeah, you're pretty young. I mean, we're all relatively the same age. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember when I heard about you, even in the Jersey days. Yeah. Because um, I think with anything like what we do as artists, when we hear about somebody who does something beautifully or takes their time to figure this thing out, to refine it and refine it and refine it. And I remember, I think it was actually Mike told me, because we were in college together. At some point you were like, oh, there's this there's this guy I know in Jersey, he takes it real serious. And I'm like being completely ignorant. I'm like, how serious can you take pizza? And then, well, there was a time I, back then, like it wasn't, I mean, people weren't taking we it. There weren't many people that. who were taking it that seriously. I mean, that's something that yeah, you did. Yeah. I mean, actually it's funny. Cause I was just talking about that to my wife, like I think yesterday or the day before that, you know, and to me, like, you know, when I started to do pizza, it wasn't like, you know, at, you know, whatever age I was, 19 years old or something, and now I'm 45, to be like, I want to make pizza. I mean, that would kind of be like the equivalent of saying, like, I want to work at, like, the corner market being a <laughs> checkout clerk. And your parents wait. are like, yes, we're so proud of you. I'm going to be so, the best checkout clerk. Yeah, I'm going to find the perfect balance between, like, I'm nickels much an and quarters. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but you've been yes, job. Yes, that's sort of, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of just like I wasn't really – looking at it as like a great career or like I wanted to be doing anything like special. It was just that I loved pizza. I, you know, grew up kind of like in an Italian American mm -hmm. family. And so there were things that like, you know, I just pulled at me since I was a little kid and, you know, kind of fell into it. And when I decided that I wanted to do that, it was more just like, I just wanted to make pizza and that was it. It wasn't like this big plan of like, so you, you know, didn't feel driven at that point. Like, cause you're very driven for like, well, yeah, trying to pursue I'm, yeah, perfection, no, yeah, yeah, but there's yeah. this perfect balance between, you know, dough sauce right, and cheese right. and you're juggling those, just those three elements, which I, I liken to, we break color down into right. uh, hue, value and chroma. That's like one way that describes every, every visual of, thing of, yeah. on the color. And, we spent, I mean, there's an infinite number of like slight variations right. and you great, like the greatest paintings and the worst paintings are all just a manipulation of those three elements. And, and some of them similar. are tiny manipulations, like the difference between yeah. a masterpiece and something that's garbage could just be a tiny you know, decision that was like, oh, these don't balance out. Right, right like the right. Caravaggio next to like one of those other Baroque painters that you've never heard of. Right. That you look at from a distance, you're like, oh my God, there's a Caravaggio. And then you go close and you're like, eh. And it's like <laughs> such a tiny little difference that most people wouldn't even notice. I was going to say that. In a sense, I think what you're saying, though, also is going to only be understood by the people that are looking for that difference or right. they're told that's a Caravaggio, that's a piece of crap. Or people that care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's the same with food or anything. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, the nuances that someone is going to find, it, you're appealing to a pretty small audience. Or again, I think it's what the, the media or the public has kind of told this right. is good. Yeah. I don't think most people actually really know what is good. 
right. unless they're really looking or yeah. they're on this path of discovery or driven to see the differences or experience the differences or taste the differences in food. Maybe, but th then they, they're exposed to somebody like yourself who's, who's so driven and so passionate about getting it exactly perfect. And when people encounter that, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, it's, it's bread or pizza or painting, when they encounter it, you know, sometimes it's not, I mean, sometimes it's them just being told. And for a lot of people, that's what it is. But like, you're driving a lot of people to come find you and, and follow what you're doing because of what you're doing and because of what you throw into it. And that's like, I, I mean, that's a real thing. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I mean, gosh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when, when you started out, it wasn't, it was never like you weren't pursuing, like had you tasted Neapolitan pizza and thought, yeah, I want to do yeah, that. Yeah. Like there was a um, model out there that you were like, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, there were a few places, you know, as a kid in New York city and stuff in Brooklyn and everything that yeah. like, you know, definitely were standouts. And again, like, you know, I was kind of into this stuff. So like right. someone who's into painting is going to start researching and finding like the differences. Yeah. Same with, with me at that point at, you know, at a pretty young age, I was getting pretty consumed with food, you know, at, as one part of my life. And, and at that time, it, not to interrupt, but even no. at that time, there wasn't that big foodie, you know, we no, talk about the foodie not. thing. Yeah, no, no, that didn't exist. And it's funny because when we talk to really great chefs and when you go to Italy and you, you bring up foodie thing, they're like, what are you talking about? There's no such totally. thing. Totally. It's yeah. like, that's just life. Unfortunately, that's really changed. That's changing like insanely fast right now. Yeah. Like it's sad and scary that, you know, this whole like foodie thing and everything like for example my wife my wife is from italy and um when she moved to america like seven years ago or whatever you know she knew of me and you know mm -hmm. what i had done from when we met when you know she was much younger and i we met like 15 years ago so i was kind of right at the beginning of sort of making my name known in, mm -hmm. in food or whatever in new york city and i had said to her before that ever happened i was always like oh I'm, I'm like the best pizza maker. I'm better than anyone in Naples. We, you you wouldn't believe what I'm doing. And, she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. and also, you got to think there was not there wasn't even internet back then. Yeah. So oh, yeah. like you know, her and I used to write letters to each other. I used to go to Seven Eleven and buy a phone card. Just you were yeah. in Naples. I saw her one night. Of... Yeah, I saw her out one night with a buddy of mine, and then I didn't have the courage to go up and talk to her, and she <laughs> left this place that we're all hanging out in. And then like two or three days later, I was walking down the street, and I by myself, I. Had like it wasn't Airbnb back then, but something equivalent. The youth, I, the youth yeah, hostels and stuff something like that. Like that. Yeah, I think this thing that I used to go through is called like rent a bed and uh, <laughs> and ceiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I used to go over there and stay like for a month and burn through all my cash and like. So I was walking down the street and I looked up and she happened to be walking towards me and I remembered her and she looked at me and like kind of made eye contact and was like, ciao. And I was like, oh, <laughs> parling And she answered me in English. I was like, all right, this is going. And I basically asked her to marry me by the end of that day. And of course she said no for her, you know, for being smart. Um, a few years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 years later, I forced her. <laughs> you went there and you're like, you remember me? Yeah, yeah, basically kind I'm of. Back. But anyway, so, but the thing is, so, you know, a couple of seven years ago, whatever, when, when she, or six and a half, when she finally moved to America, um, to be with me, you know, I had kind of not to be egotistical or anything, but I was like trying to explain to her, like, you know, like, you know, 
people come up to me and talk to me in the restaurant, like want to take pictures and like, yeah, just yeah. even that, like, she just was like, that is so weird. And her <laughs> yeah. mom still, I think, you know, now sees like that this is changing even over there. But like, like you were saying, like in Italy, you know, like people just like made good food and ate good food. And that was the end of it. Like you would go into like the most famous pizzeria back then. And no one was like bothering the guy making yeah. pizza right. and asking him like, what are you doing over there? You're that oven. Oh my God. It was just like, of course that's what he's doing. What else would he be doing? That's how you make pizza. Yeah, yeah. But now, you know, it's changed there also. Like it's big, like it is big, big business. So yeah. the, the celebrity thing. Oh, it's well, out of control. Like well, there's, you don't... there's pizza makers in Naples who have like 50,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> like these guys are like, they realize that like there was something here and yeah. like, you know, the they rest of the world kind of yeah. was like Naples, 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 pizza, pizza. And like, they, exactly. They're like, you know, they're survivors over there and, you know, the economy over especially there. Stinks, in Naples, yeah. Especially yeah. in Naples. Like Naples those people are like, you know. But do you think that those... changes the way that they do it? Like, that, like because the attention, like you're driven to try and make it perfect and they're doing like you're saying, you know, they just, it's the way we've always done it. This is what we do. But do you think now with the added attention and kind of this celebrity culture, they're kind of like, well, maybe I got to do it a little bit better. Like maybe well, I you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. I think what's kind of happened is um, it's kind of gone through this like thing. So let's say, you know, when I was a young kid and I was going over there and it was like my real, my first, like besides like a few places in New York City. Um, were you like, going out there to research like things? No, I, mean, you I was continuing... going my family was from there and it okay. was just kind of like I fell into it, you know, yeah. along with many other things there. Like I, you know, I fell in love with like the people, the music. It's amazing just, city. Yeah, like Beautiful. Was, and also like, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey, which I mean, obviously everyone I knew was either Italian or Irish, but yeah. either way it was like the suburbs. So, you know, to go to Naples, it was such like a loud intense wild crazy just yeah. kooky city it's like new york in the 70s yeah, yeah kind of right reminds, yeah the closest it's like thing. a free-for-all like yeah. totally and then even as i got older and like was going over there on my own and like you know on like a friday night there would be like hundreds of people like hanging out on the streets yeah. like drinking and, and smoking and, like and just that. like it was like i was like oh my god this is like the there's greatest a, place on earth yeah and the women an i thought were beautiful and like it was the woman that i was naturally drawn to yeah. and so it was just yeah. like i was like in heaven um, but anyway, back to the pizza thing. So yeah, so like back when I was going as a young kid and then as a young adult, the pizza overall I thought was spectacular yeah. along with many things over there food-wise. And then, you know, things started to change and I felt like I was getting better at making pizza. So at a certain point, like I actually felt like, and I remember this really clearly at one point, like when I had the pizzeria in New Jersey, I used to have like all these pictures hanging on the walls that I had taken of my trips oh, yeah. of like pizzerias and me with like pizza like, with Calais, my mom and dad, yeah. like, you know, and, like my Rockport <laughs> shoes, like with like a pizza maker. She sort of punk I, rock shirt on. Yeah, yeah. And I had like these things all over the pizzeria. And at one point I came back from one of my trips over there and I literally remember this. I took down every single picture and not cause anything particularly happened or I had like a bad interaction with someone and it hurt my feelings. It was more just like, I came back and I was like, man, I'm like, I feel like they're not inspiring me anymore. You want to like, be your I'm own past person. This thing. Yeah. yeah. And I want to be my own thing and I, I don't care. And all this kind of stuff that I went through and thought. So definitely then it's, I 
and then I, as I kept going over the years, I saw more and more that like the pizza had gone down over there and the dough yeah. was flat and there was no magic and they kind of were just going through the motions. Was there a standard that you were like, I have to at least go from this point up? Like, was there a place that you were there like, there were a few there places. A kind I mean, Dom Kelly, as you had Dom said, Kelly's I mean, Dom Kelly was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's that, like the that's original like the place, jam, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, did they, were they the ones that like served it to Regina Margarita? No, that was a place called Brandy. But they're still around. Brandy's isn't it? Brandy? still around too. Yeah. I mean, it went under a different name at oh, that yeah. point, but the guy that started Brandy um, is the guy that basically created the margarita right. pizza. And did he establish that standard back then? Like the naturally risen, no yeast and... Well, I think, I mean, when you go that far back, that was the only way bread was made. Oh, yeah. There was no commercial yeast back then. So, right. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. was using some form of like a, you know, a naturally leavened starter or whatever right. and keeping it going. I mean, so all the pizzas were made like that at that point. And also back then, pizza was only served. I'm, you probably know the story of the, the margarita, but like the pizza was only for the poorest of the poor. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, I mean, if you were eating a pizza, you were like... Well, what's the story? At the soup kitchen of San yeah. Francisco at this point. Like it was, you know, nobody street would food. eat that. Yeah, if they didn't have to. And then that guy actually, the story anyway goes that he was summoned to the palace, you know, by the king and queen. So that's how he came up with this idea to make a pizza that supposedly was representative of the red, new, white, and green. Yeah, yeah, the new, the new uniformed color of Italy. So. And did he was he using cow's milk mozzarella? I don't think so. No, oh, it was, no, no. Oh, it was I Buffalo? don't think so. Yeah, I, I thought, thought that Buffalo. there was something that, like, the original margarita was cow's milk. Maybe really, I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I'm probably know. wrong. No, I mean, I'm asking I you. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think, like, you know, I'm forgetting things too as I get older. Like, you know, I can't remember my high school locker combination was my thing. You know, I'd go up to him and be like. What was it? I'd have to go to the principal's. I would do that all the time. <laughs> no, that me too. Is, I remember I was just that all the about time. This. Like I was like weekly having to go in there and be like, I forgot my combination. Like, ah, this guy. Again. I, was at, I was at an opening last night and we were talking about age and I couldn't remember how old I was. I had to do no, the math. No, I totally believe it. I was, no. I was doing the math. I was like 19. My no, kid no. asks Three. me and I, I can't answer the question. Yeah. And then he has to tell me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, how old are you? I'm like, uh, he likes to watch me play scramble. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> So when you were going to Italy, you, were you kind of researching? Because you kind of uh, you were talking about you had a restaurant at a pretty uh, a pizzeria in New Jersey in Red Bank. Was it uh, in Red Bank? No, the pizzeria was in um, Point Pleasant Beach. Point Pleasant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were like, okay, I'm going to open up. I mean, that's kind of a a, a, a crazy thing for a young kid to do is be like, I'm going to open up a pizzeria. Well, I had a bread do, bakery before that. And that's what I was yeah, going to ask you. Were yeah. you, did you study? Cause it, I remember Mike telling me that you went and kind of studied or, or that's apprentice. not really true. No, that's <laughs> not really true. Mike, no, no, no. I think, I think that's what everybody <laughs> assumed. That's not really true. I never really apprenticed. I mean, over the years, I, you know, was friendly, but also I was extremely shy as a person. Mm -hmm. So also you have to think like, again, like I always go back to like, you know, it was so different back then. Yeah. And, you know, like you have to think like all the things that were so different, like whether it was like if you had tattoos and you worked with food, that was even insane. Like, yeah. so for years when I had my pizzeria, I used to wear long sleeves because, oh, you, you know, know people came in and saw you working with food and had tattoos. Literally, like there was like a bakery in my town where some people worked in the back that had tattoos and like, 
I mean, everybody in the town was like, that That lady Those. used to be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a drug addict. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't like you're like, look, I'm making your food. You'd yeah. be like, don't let them see that because they're going to think like you're like a dirtbag. Yeah, dirt. yeah. <laughs> Which I was. <laughs> and they're still gonna, I am. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Board of Health is not listening. <laughs> but I know that back in the days, um, yeah, that was pretty normal. Yeah. So for all of us, I don't have any, but all my friends, I grew up skateboarding. It was something private. In, it wasn't the, like, yeah. yeah like if you went out into the real world and you weren't with your buddies, you like kind of tried to hide yourself yeah, you know, a right. little bit so that people weren't judging you. And then, so besides that, but like think of like sea salt, yeah. people didn't even know what sea salt yeah. was back then. Like but isn't all, it all salt, sea salt? Isn't everything sea salt? Yeah. No, no. They actually get salt from underground. But isn't it eventually, I mean, doesn't it, I mean, you can trace it back to somewhere. Salt. Yeah. I guess somewhere that, like, way back. The but, water dried yeah. up and the remnants. But or... the salt that like, you know, I'm considering sea salt is where they actually go into the Mediterranean. Oh, right. Cultivate in it Sicily, from the water. Yeah, in Sicily or France. Um, and then they make those those piles of the it big, and let yeah. the sun right. yeah, dry it. I was talking so, to another chef who was saying that uh, he thought that it was total baloney, the, the whole like different like Himalayan salt that he was like, salt is just salt. It's all the same. I disagree with that because yeah. that would be like saying tomatoes are tomatoes. I mean, it's definitely, you grow tomatoes like in New Jersey or you grow tomatoes in California. They're, they're radically different. Yeah. Right? So why wouldn't salt? Because whether it's being mined from underground or from the water, well, I guess the it's chemical... going to take the minerals are going to be different. The makeup's going to be different just as a tomato yeah. would be. I guess the salt itself is always the same, like the chemical composition of salt, but then oh, the yeah, added yeah. minerals yeah, yeah. around the it. The experience right. that it goes through becomes well, texture. salt. He exactly. was saying that texture is really the thing that you get from some of those different salts. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Some of the salts have different texture, but I think even flavor is different. I, that's what I yeah, found. Yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah. There's totally. uh, some like... No, no, yeah. I, I totally disagree. I think the taste is different, and I think... In baking, the salt that you use actually makes a big difference in the way the product comes out. Oh, yeah. You know, because like today I use salt that isn't that great because I ran out of the salt that I usually use. And I see, besides the taste, I even see texturally what it does to the final dough. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're working with it. Yeah. You know, and even the way it absorbs into the flour and stuff, which then goes into that texture thing that he was thinking. But I think flavor too. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it rounds it out. There's a lot more complexity to it with some of the other minerals. Maybe yeah, have yeah, totally. Some sort of a flavor. Totally. I mean, why wouldn't it? I mean, you know, if if salt is like being pulled from like the Mediterranean, like tropony, I think it would have a different taste than the salt that you're going to pull from like the coast of Oregon or yeah, whatever they're yeah. doing some like, you know, West Coast. It, it has salt. to. Yeah. Because, I mean, just the, yeah. the air alone would probably influence yeah, this yeah. over... Yeah, you know, millennium. And then once you get past that raw state of it, the salt being the salt, then you're going to also start, this is something separate, but then you're going to get into the actual production of it and whoever's working with it. Because somebody in Sicily is going to probably go about producing their salt slightly differently than like the guy in like Oregon. Yeah. Just like, you know, the mozzarella that's made in Italy is going to taste different than the mozzarella that's made in Bolinas. Yeah. <laughs> Why though, can't they crack buffalo mozzarella in the States? Because that's where I'm saying I think it gets past the raw ingredients and into then you're taking the raw ingredients already. Yeah. Whether you're taking milk and milk and you're doing this thing, then you're also going to start adding in the hands, the mm -hmm. person, the air, the environment. Like you just can't. 
I mean, you can't there reproduce. There's too many no, variables. You can't, yeah, too many variables. And the end variable, I think, always goes back to the person, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and yeah. is the same thing you think with flour, with like Caputo flour, that there's some reason that that's better than anything that they're making here? The, definitely, like, definitely. And, and again, like they're using raw ingredients. Them, but the raw ingredients. Well, the raw ingredients, that's what I was going to say, is the raw ingredients actually in the U.S. are great. Yeah. A lot of raw yeah. ingredients that are available to us that are produced in the U.S., I think, are second to none it's mm -hmm. again though that it's always the variables of either the raw ingredients or the person or produce whatever you want to call that person mm -hmm. uh producer i guess we could say um so like for example most of the flour that like a caputo uses or a lot of those um flowers in italy i mean they don't grow that wheat in italy there's very few they probably get it from here they do get it from the u.s yeah. from canada and from think... uh like russia oh, yeah. i mean italy's wheat more like Italy's wheat production is very low. The yeah. land has been stripped, you know, from, you know, a thousand years of producing things. So the wheat that they grow over there is very, very small amount. I mean, and, you know, I mean, there's like one or two, there's a company called Molino Sabrino that we were playing around with that they use like Italian wheat and there's mm -hmm. a few others, but I'm, we're talking like nobody in the U S is using that for right. like Italian baking. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that like a Caputo, for example, you have to think like they have been milling and mixing wheat to make flour to work in the application, making like Neapolitan pizza which is, you know, traditionally was unrefrigerated dough, yeah, right. cooked in a super hot oven. So they know what, what the mix needs to be. They know the texture that it needs to be. There's, a, there's an experience and an expertise in that, that like an American flour company has no, how would they even get to that? Like they're, they're trying to jump over many steps to just like make like what they call a double zero flour, which a lot of, a lot of them are doing. And obviously yeah. they're doing it because there's an enormous market for it. Yeah. Know? But I have tried all of them and none of them work. Right. None but, of them work like the Italian wheats, but, then, but it's the same wheat in theory. Yeah. You know, just and the, process, somewhat, the process of it is just. Exactly. So you always go back to like with the salt thing, which is like really basic because there's not much that they're really doing with that yeah. other than stacking it up yeah, or yeah. whatever they do in Sicily that they have their ancient ways um, so it's, it's the experience and the legacy that gets, that it's, it's history. It's the expertise. It's the history. I mean, you just can't get around like, you know, to be an expert isn't always that easy. People think, no, about, you can't buy your way into it. You can't it. buy you, can't, you just yeah. got to know it. And it's like, and for us with, with, with art and why I think we take it, this, this idea of why we're doing what we're doing so seriously is because there's a legacy of hundreds of years behind us. Yeah. So we can always check to that. And then when we are feel like, at least for me, when I feel like I'm getting lost, I try to go backwards to yeah. see like, where is the path? I need yeah. to, if I'm going off-roading, sometimes I need to get back on the path. And usually it's behind me to see what was being done and sort of take the lessons. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I mean, that's true. I mean, you know, I think that also goes into just a character trait though mm. of a person like constantly, you know, trying to make yourself better, constantly questioning yourself. And basically just like Mike and I always say, basically just kind of blaming yourself for everything that goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also it's interesting. Cause it's the search. Yeah. And I think it's, um, we're in a space right now in our culture and stuff where it's like failure is kind of looked at as a bad thing, but it's like everything great comes out of 
repeated failure. Right. Totally. You know? And it's totally. like, yeah. totally. like so, totally. yeah, we want to look it up on our phone and not look like an idiot and be like, yeah. I know how to do this, I yeah. know how to do this. And everybody wants to be an instant expert on things. But it's really True. that failing of even like Caputo or something had, I am sure, tons of failure before they got to where they really like, we know this, we got it. Right. Places now can like look online, learn the steps, leapfrog a lot of this stuff and you can learn really fast yeah yeah by but that you don't but get you, you miss the it. nuance yeah. yeah it's the same then it goes all the way back to what you guys started with with the painting thing yeah. of like two caravaggios oh hold on that's not a caravaggio yeah yeah it's the same with all this stuff it's yeah. like you know and then of course this goes to that thing that i was saying kind of like with the public and the masses this is kind of like most people are just going to be like no this is double zero or this is right. salt or this right. is a Sam Marzano tomato and it's like oh hold on a second I, no it's not yeah but like you're then you're starting to appeal to a pretty small market right. of the public but that's what you're usually kooks you like the kooks <laughs> I do like the kooks but I need to make a living <laughs> I need to fun, be funded by somebody <laughs> this goes on anything that someone's interested in you know there's always uh, nobody takes it as serious as the people who do it like painting yeah. like I used to paint yeah. and um, I would see you know when you're when you're entrenched in it that feels like the whole world yeah. And then when you start to see, like, oh, a lot of the world doesn't care about this. A lot of the world doesn't even know about this. Right. They can't tell the difference between this and this, you know, when when sort of more naive art started becoming a thing, you yeah. know, where it's like some kid who doesn't know how to draw can draw something that's funny and it connects with somebody. That that connection actually happens as fast as somebody who spent a month doing a painting and someone can't tell the difference between it yeah. because they just aren't educated on it or don't care about it. Yeah. Well, that's, know? I mean, that's the idea of like connoisseurship. And yeah. I think that that, like, if you have people who have tasted pizza all over the world and then they come and have your pizza, like they're able to detect hopefully like some of the nuances that drive you. Mm. And I mean, I'll spend a, a, an additional month on a painting doing something, you know, just glazing to get exactly the right effect right. that even the person buying the painting is never going to notice. Yeah. And that month of my time will never be noticed. Like before that happened to the painting, the person would think of it, like wouldn't see the difference as a month later. But for me, that makes all the difference. And yeah. I think ultimately you have to be doing it for yourself. For well, that yeah. Kind I mean, of... at the end of the day, I think that's the truth. I mean, but then also as you get older, <laughs> you, you start getting pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. basically where I'm well, going also with this whole thing. Well, also you have a family. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I think also, you know, <laughs> the world is, you know, the, the information that people can access so quickly now mm -hmm. kind of allows like a kid, like Mike was saying, who could do like some like little squiggly line. Yeah. Maybe back 20 years ago, we would do that squiggly line and his friends would be like, this is so cool. And that's where it would go. But now... Mm -hmm. That kid could put that squiggly line on the internet and this guy might be like crushing it and you're like at home losing your mind for another month <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you're like, God damn it, I got to pay the rent. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. like at a certain point, reality, as you get older, starts to set in and you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> so it's a constant fight and struggle. I mean, believe me. Yeah. Like. You know, <laughs> it's a cruel joke that you start out when you're young and you're like idealistic yeah. and you don't care. And then you have a family and you're responsible for kids and you're kind of like, I do need to make money I know, here. I know this conversation and, right here is, is so we have this conversation so often because we're always trying to get into that, uh, that whole mind space of being, having integrity and just, I'm all in. 
I'm, I'm, I'm all in no matter what. But then you're always like, well, you know, but I need to figure this yeah. thing out more than I thought I needed to. And like, you just do it right. It's yeah. amazing. And then that, and, and the, the, the path is paved for yeah. you and it never is. It's, it's not... always like, it's, it's always improvising a little bit, kind of, you know, you know, putting your finger in, in your mouth and checking yeah. which way the wind yeah. is going. Totally. And not, yeah. I mean, but I think one of the things about why, when I see, you know, when you're doing what you're doing and, and other people I admire who might not be artists, like, like painters, uh, I meant, um, why I feel like I'm, I'm impressed or they're like my people is that that idea that they're, they're, they're figuring it out and they're trying to make something excellent. Yeah. So even when Mike, um, was, was, was back in the days talking about you and your pizzeria when it was in New Jersey before you moved to New York, um, Tony and I used to talk about you and what you were doing yeah, yeah, a lot. Because yeah. <laughs> anybody who's doing, you know, you, I mean, you see it in professional athletes that you, you know, like the greatest uh, for a while, we're Roy Jones looking, Jr. Like you were saying, was, we're all looking for our people. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we're alone a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you're just like, am I doing the right thing? Am I like, sometimes I'm just like, damn it, I wish I would just go get a real job <laughs> and get on with my life. Right. You know, like, and you just, so you kind of are always looking for like, that connection and not yeah, feel yeah. alone or like, yeah, like that guy is pushing himself to the limits and hurting sometimes. And like, you know, but, but it's like, I understand the hurt. It might not be that hurt, but I understand the hurt because I also understand the successes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it back to the idea of like, you find your people because I think it's just natural to weave your way Yeah. and then find the people. Yeah. I mean, we all meet a ton of people in our lives and then most of them, go in and out very quickly and a few of them stay and yeah. there's the quality of each of those that stay and when you start really kind of breaking it down they all have a similar quality to them yeah. all completely different walks totally. of life totally and I, I love the variety of that but when you look at the essence you're like this person this man this woman they're doing something that is like they're contributing to the world in a way, you know, by just trying to be great. They're just they driven do. at what, you know, even if just whatever you're doing, you could be a lawyer, like a yeah. contract lawyer, but you just, you love it so <coughs> deeply and you want to, you know, do it better than anyone else. And you just, you love doing it. Like yeah. the intricacies of it fascinate you. And that's, well, that's sort of, uh, what I was kind of making the joke about in the beginning when I said, I, um, you know, wanted to make pizza for a living. And it wasn't like my parents were like, oh, that's so great. Or like relatives were like, oh, we're so proud of you. But to me, my way of look, looking at life or living has always kind of been what you just said. It's like, it doesn't really matter. It's not even about the pizza. Yeah. It's just about like- The process almost, the, the well, journey about of like, figuring it out. Yeah, it's like, this is what I do. So I'm gonna push myself to the limits and never relent and never back down and never stop and never be happy yeah. with it. Well, I mean, see what's possible. Like, yeah, see how yeah. far I can push this. Yeah. Like, every day. It's just it's... like, so if, like, you know, yeah, if I was like, you know, whatever job, I think I would probably do the same thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, it just happened to be pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but what's, um, but also, you know, having the, the, the guts to do that in a way. Like, I, you, you opened up a pizza in New York City. That's a ballsy thing to say. I'm going to go and do a different type of pizza in, like, the mecca of, of pizza and you went in there and did a different style pizza and it, it whether you want to admit it or not i don't know but i think you really changed new york pizza which i would think 
The buy the place places are almost all gone. They're, they're, a mutual friend of ours is like, every time I see him back in New Jersey, he's like, God damn it. He's like, you ruined yeah. this. Like, I can't get a slice of pizza. Yeah. No. Nobody wants to just make pizza. It's Everybody's got to be Neapolitan. Yeah. Or it's, yeah. well, growing up, we would go to Joe's and all these places where were there like the legendary slice of spots. Course. You know, we'd go skateboarding, go to punk rock shows, yeah. and we'd go get pizza. That was just what yeah. we did. We well, because they were open pizza. and you could afford it. Yeah, exactly. So then you... But they were good. Some they were Joe's. Yeah. I loved yeah, Joe's. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I, I loved Ray's, oh, especially the, the one Ray's? on, well, the one, I mean, this is not totally like when we were super young, but it was there a long time. It was, I think it was on, was it on Sprint, Prince? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, little yeah, one. Yeah. It was right very across, clean. Right across the street from the bar, from Shark Bar or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Yeah. It was <laughs> nice. And then they had like, you'd go in and then order right at the counter and then they had like a little seating area yeah. in the room next to it. it I was very nice. The and time. they always had like the pesto slice. I love that place. Yeah. 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 It was so great. <laughs> But but then you came in and did this new style of pizza and it it changed the landscape of pizza there. And then you were like, all right, I'm moving to San Francisco. Even though there were decision making even though there was like lines at the door. <laughs> yeah. But you one of the things that was what because I remember hearing that you would like you were saying, you would get kind of frustrated at times where people, you'd get an article in the New York Times and they would tell, say that this is, you know, this this guy is the best pizza maker in the world. And you'd be like annoyed by that because you were like, what do they know? You know? And, and so the idea where you have, do you have to, the idea of wanting to cook for those people who understand the nuances that are so important to you, do you, do you have to almost train these people? Like, how do they learn the nuances? Is it by volume, by going mm. and trying everything? Or is, how do you almost train the people to understand what you're trying to do? I'm not, I mean, I think people, if they approach things with like an open heart and mm -hmm. an open mind, they can kind of start to see the nuances. I think mm -hmm. that's it. You know, I just think there's so much noise in the world and, yeah. you know, especially now again, like I'm kind of hooked on this like modern technology thing that aggravates me, but whatever. <laughs> so it always kind of goes back to that. But it's like, you know, it's Phones, hard. No, but it, like imagine, like, I mean, it's hard to like now even more so to like kind of have people approach anything with an openness because they're like playing with their phone as they're talking to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. They're like eating their pizza and they're already like yelping it. Right. Or like looking at somewhere else or that posting. they should have went. Yeah, yeah. You know, because this isn't fulfilling their dreams. <laughs> you know, it didn't so it's change like, my life. Yeah, it's, it's not like, as good as everybody yeah, says it exactly. is. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, it's like people want to get hit over the head with a hammer. In the sense of like, it's supposed to be this. I don't think they could get hit over the head though, because yeah. they're numb from everything. Uh, Although it would be a great post, they get lots it. of followers. I think they they wouldn't even know it if they could get hit, because they're they're too kind of like they're they're, they're not like narcissistic. Not. Yeah, it's, about, it's like what right? can hit them over the head other than actually physically hitting them, which I <laughs> which I'm, I'm okay not with. opposed to. <laughs> but I don't think the point of nuance is to hit someone over the head. Oh, Oops, no what worries. Was that? Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I think by point. definition, yes. nuance is not about hitting someone. It's over not the head. right, and it's it's a door that needs to someone needs to open for themselves when but, they start to notice that difference of like you know 
Uh, it's almost but like they going do have down to be, the rabbit hole. But they have to be open. It's, it's, it's not for domino, everybody. It's, it's not the for domino everybody. effect. Yeah. But also if they're distracted, and yeah, I mean, phones are a terrible distraction, you, you're just not open to nuance. I mean, I, I find right. the you're same not. thing. Tony you're and I not. were ranting uh, but that's just on the way over here about people going to museums and looking at all the paintings Through on the screen. Of the, like, it's insane. They put their but, phone in between yeah. them and the painting. You're not going to get it. It's the experience that's speaking to them right now. So it's like they have to hit that point of frustration, which is a lot of us hit a point of frustration where it's like, this isn't working. Working, so I'll go a different way. Right. And it's like, that's when you start working on the nuance, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I think you, people need to find that for themselves. Yeah. You can't look, you can't force somebody to appreciate nuance. Well, maybe you can. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. And, and I think it is, you have to, that's one of those things where we were talking about it earlier, where you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. where it starts. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and unfortunately, they're going to get it or not get it. Yeah. Yeah, you do have to make a living because you have thing. to be so able you do to do it to yourself. Exactly, but at a certain point, you realize like, oh, I actually need to live yeah, too. Yeah. So, you do you know. think though some of the like you had mentioned the celebrity kind of chef culture moving mm. its way over to uh, to Italy, and I know that like the very first bag of Caputo flour I ever had was given to me by a chef who was mm. using it in his kitchen for uh, making pasta. And I'd never seen it before. And then, you know, now you can buy it in Whole Foods. So obviously they've scaled up like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, imagine I used the... to get it delivered to me from a guy's trunk in New Jersey because they brought in <laughs> Joe. Sounds a... very sketchy. Joey. Joey and that's around. not all that was in his trunk. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause I got flour. Yeah, I always yeah. got these other things. Yeah. Cause. I used to buy, <laughs> there was one guy, <laughs> there was one guy got out. I mean, who knows where he is now? He used to sell us water, <laughs> and it was called Polish Springs. <laughs> I swear to God. Polish, Polish Andy, it's Springs. it's the same thing. It it's Polish, the same thing. I Polish swear. Springs, you know, like at a certain point, was like a big thing. That was yeah. the fancy one. It was like one. you yeah. had to have Poland Springs. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the yeah. new thing. Yeah. You weren't going to walk around Polish with your Park. <laughs> no, it was like, look at the so. label. They're almost exactly the same. It's awesome. It's so true. But do you think, do you what feel like world. there's any chance that like some of those time-honored traditions are under threat from like the scaling up? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, it's hard to say where everything's going to go, you know? And even like for just speaking of the pizza world, like can all these places, are they actually going to stand the test of time? Like yeah. is... Neapolitan pizza style pizza or whatever it is, is this the thing now? Is this going to be like around forever? Because literally, I mean, like imagine I was in Disneyland like two months ago or something with my family. Um, and, you know, you come out and they have like that, that Disney town, USA yeah, or whatever that right thing through is. It before and it's you like see shopping and all back, this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we go, come out at night and we're like, we're going to get a shirt or whatever for my daughter and we're walking around and they literally have a pizza Napolitana at Disney. Do they have a cartoon version of you? No, but <laughs> I mean, this thing is, it's serious. Like yeah. I was just like, I literally stood there like, just like, oh my God. Like they had like two huge ovens. It was spectacular. Like they had like a huge, like Puccinella thing and like yeah. the horn and like the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't compete. Yeah. I, I am obsolete. I cannot compete. <laughs> Did like, you try it? No. <laughs> it's probably better than mine too so because that's when i would have like killed myself in the parking lot of disneyland with my daughter in the back seat that's so. about as dark as <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's got the ears on <laughs> the mickey ears. Like running through the parking garage ah! 
<laughs> but I've noticed, um, yeah, like even things like the ovens that were the, this incredibly, you know, specific thing that only a few people know that you go on the internet and you can order these like yeah. great Italian yeah, yeah. Oven, no. ovens handmade yeah. in Naples and delivered yeah. to you or something. The only thing I could say regarding all this is kind of like at the end of it, it goes back to what we were saying about like doing it for yourself and kind of pushing yourself is like my question, will these things last? Are they going to remain? Will, you know, where's it all going? I mean, you know, in one way it's sad because like, you know, before when there wasn't all this stuff and there wasn't the internet and everything and everything wasn't so open, there, there weren't like foodies who actually to me are some of the most uneducated yeah. eaters in existence. Like this town that we're in is like foodie capital. And like the amount of crap that we deal with in the pizzeria is mind boggling. Honestly, like the Stunads in New Jersey 20 years ago were more educated. <laughs> you know, it's like literally, like I set a pizza down, they're just like, you don't cut it? I'm like, we've been doing it for 20 years. Didn't you get the memo? It's like, come on. They're like, they, they're like, Ugh. where's the pepperoni? Yeah, Can no, ask totally. Ask Mike. Pepperoni? It's like every other table. You don't have red crushed pepper? You don't have hot pepper oil? It's like, look, I love spicy food too, but like, Embrace the experience. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't come back. You're creating like, something. You're open. creating an experience. Open. And like, this is my creation. Check yeah. it out. Yeah, and it's, not even to be egotistical. It's yeah. just like, this is the way we make it. Like, just open your heart, open your mind, put the phone down, be a foodie. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. embrace. But no. There was a guy you know? uh, who had a sandwich shop on, uh, was it He's Sullivan and Spring Street? He's this guy, guy, Alessandro. And he had like this long menu of all these different sandwich options. I remember I used to go in there. He was really into like boxing and we'd always we'd talk go about, there and yeah. go there and talk about boxing. He eventually sold it and somebody else is running and it's still there and it's, What's it's it still called? good. Uh, I can't remember. It used to be called, I think like Malumpo or something. It was on Sullivan, I believe between Prince and Spring. It was, it was like a, it was a it, tiny. It's kind of old, like kind of ramshackle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this yeah. is, I remember there. early nineties. It's still there though, isn't it? It's still there. Yeah. He sold it to yeah. somebody i think he moved back to italy yeah. but uh i remember going there one day and this woman in front of me was like can i have this sandwich and can you just substitute this this and this and he like looked i was right behind her online he kind of like looked over her head at me just like <sighs> and then he just looks at her and he's like look i worked a really really long time on developing this menu I, these combinations I, I worked really hard on they all work together just trust me just try it you came to my shop just try it. And she's like, okay, uh, but can I get this with mozzarella instead? And he's like, okay, it'll be an extra 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you know, Mike, we just solved the way to make money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have red crushed pepper? Yes. Yes. It's a hundred dollars. <laughs> For one yeah, flake. One. You know what would be great about that is if you did do that, it would get out and everybody would be like, that guy's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if they would say yeah, I don't think that's the way it goes. That. I don't think it goes. It would like definitely go up on YouTube. Let me, let me, yeah. Let me re the people I like would say that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Typically it goes that if you tell someone no, they get on Yelp and this place ah, one yeah, star. This place sucks. The customer is yeah. always right. Yeah. Yeah. That, like Larry that is an David unfortunate. Said, you know that episode when he's in the ice cream parlor. Do you remember that one on Career yeah. Enthusiasm? Yeah. And he's like standing behind that lady and she's like sampling everything and then he finally gets up because he starts like yelling at the lady and then, you know, anyway, so he's like all worked up that this lady's holding up the line and so he gets home and he says to his wife, whatever the whole story, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but basically he's like, you know, it's like, 
She's like, yeah, but wouldn't that lady have said something? Wouldn't she like defend herself, the woman working in there? He's like, no, because everybody's taught the customer's always right. The customer's right. And he's like, when in fact, no, the customer is usually an asshole and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> You're not right. <laughs> when, you, when you moved, uh, what actually influenced the move to, um, to San Francisco? Because you were busy as hell in New York. Um, I mean, you know, when I opened in New York City from New Jersey, By I kind of yeah. stole Mike Evans from me as well. <laughs> he moved before me. No, he actually, didn't. yes, he did. Like a week before. Yeah, like a week before. <laughs> I actually went to Italy to ask my now wife to yeah. marry me, and I called him while I was in Rome. And I was like, hey, I asked her to marry me. And he's like, hey, I just moved to San Francisco. I'm like, you're nuttier than I am. <laughs> so I'm going to go too. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there in a month. Things are getting too good in yeah. New York. Exactly. What can we do to screw up our lives? <laughs> and then complain about it for seven years. <laughs> well, I complain. Mike doesn't really complain. We all much. complain. Yeah. So Mike's is it just like bad. lifestyle? You didn't hang out with Mike a few months ago. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's not, I don't want to make him look bad. Yeah. I'll do that I've for you. I've seen it all. I'll do that for you. Tony's good at that. <laughs> but you were like, I'm going to get up and go out to San Francisco. Were you nervous? Like, I can't get the ingredients I want to get? No, no. Or any of that? No. No, I mean, long story short, like, I moved to New York from New Jersey to, you know, I was super egotistical at that point, which I mean, I guess I still am. I mean, whatever. I don't know what I am now, but then I was, and then I was ready to argue, ready to fight my way through anything, ready to make a stand in any situation. And I, you know, obviously was going to New York all the time. So I love New York city and would go up there and eat and this and that. And I had my little place in New Jersey and had no business. And like, you know, I just finally was like, that is it, man. Like I am finding a way I'm going to open up my place up there and I am going to show the world what the best pizza in the world is my yeah. pizza. And that's how I looked at it. So I went in there with this kind of way, like, you know, and I mean, it was just good timing. The world was ready for that. You yeah. know, and a couple things happened all at once. Like there was this food, writer at the time who was really, really big um, and just coincidentally had known this lady who was a food writer in New Jersey who was a big supporter of my little place down there and he was working on this pizza book which was potentially going to be huge and obviously I knew who he was because he wrote a book that I used to use uh, as a kid to go around New York City. I think it was called like New York Eats uh -huh. and I love that book and I mean it was for all kinds of food like you could go and find like, you know, the best bagel, the best falafel. I mean, right. there was no internet or anything. So like yeah. this book so was, like was like my Bible. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, mom, we got to go to Staten Island and try this Italian ice place. And like, <laughs> so it was like such a big thing. So years later, he was going to come down to the pizzeria and meet me and try my pizza. And in New York, no, this was in, oh, this New Jersey, in Jersey when I was still like, and at the time too, though, I was yeah, yeah. already planning this potential New York move. move. Yeah. Um, so he came down and he met me and he loved it and we hit it off. And it was like the biggest thing at that point for me, you wow. know, in yeah. my life. So then through the course of him working on the book, we became friendly. He was, we were always talking to each other on the phone. And then I ended up, you know, getting this spot. I was going to rent it. And so he was kind of circling around in my life as, as I was getting this place ready. So then he ended up in the book, adding into the book that I was going to open in New York City. And then he ended up even like 
giving me like a whole chapter in the book. Wow. There was this chapter. So, well, not a whole chapter, but um, a chapter based on like these few people that like were considered to him, like the pizza people of Mm -hmm. America. And he was including me and I was super young too. I mean, it was like Totono's and like these legendary places in this chapter and me who was like at that time, I think I was just like 30, Yeah, you know, some kid from New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so when I opened, I mean, it's just like the book, his book came out, he was on like every TV show talking about the book. He was connected to like, you know, I think the today show or something at the time he was like connected to all the newspapers. So it's just like exploded and combined with my way of just like being jerky and loud <laughs> right. and screw you, <laughs> F you, I'm the best. It just worked. You it's like know? a boxer's mentality. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, it just worked. People were like, oh my God, we got to go see this yeah. nut job. So you and, opened to big ones? Really, yeah. That's the first awesome. night was chaos. And imagine I, I never had an employee yeah. till then. Did you have somebody then? I had to hire night? like people to work there. And like, so I like, I hired this Italian guy. I remember like, oh my God, what a chaos. I was so sick that <laughs> first night. I had this Italian kid work there and he was like going, I think he stole like half of what we made that night. <laughs> I was like such a mess. I was like, after that night, I was like, you can't work here. But like, he was going up to every table. I'm like, buonasera. And I was like, no. That's not how we act in this place. That's not how I act. It's like, we're not in Little Italy. But, which was also an odd combination of the place always and still is that like, you know, we were, at, you know, so then we opened whatever and like, you know, a lot of people were coming in thinking like this was the most authentic Italian pizza in America at one point they were thinking. And so then they would come in and see like me in there, like kind of weird looking we had weird art hanging up we had like weird music playing we had like you know a russian waiter (laughs) and people would just be like what the hell is this place (laughs) like it doesn't look like an italian place but anyway so i opened up there with this idea but always my plan when i opened up there to circle back around to the san francisco move was that I was kind of opening with the idea that I wanted to prove myself and then get out. Right. Because I'm always, I've always been like kind of a, like a outdoor kind of guy and a mm-hmm. suburban guy and, you know, city living always was tough for me, you yeah. know, cause I kind of need space and I like to be alone and stuff. So all along when I was up there, I always kind of was like planning that I would try to find my way not to stay. Mm-hmm. But then I obviously fell in love with you know, all the things that I did love as a kid going up there to punk rock shows and hanging out yeah. and stuff. And like, there's things there that like I miss every day. And Mike knows I talk about it regularly. <laughs> I seriously miss a lot of New York and the people and just the banter, the joking, yeah, just yeah. there's, it's like, it's like, cause I've been going back and forth from New York to Texas and you start realizing when you're not there all the time. I actually moved to the suburbs when my daughter was born five yeah. years ago and it was great. I was like, holy cow. This yeah. Is I thought I would hate this and it was great. And then you start realizing how much you miss on the nuances. Yeah. Again, the, nuances. something in the air, yeah. the yeah. energy that used to fuel you mm. that you don't need as much because it becomes work. More yeah. Meaning like I need to work. I don't need yeah. to be influenced or overly inspired. Mm. But then when you don't have it as much, you start realizing that you, know, almost, you almost feel a little anemic. Like, I, I want that again. So true. when you leave it a little bit, you, you like I was saying, you, you miss it. Yeah, But true. when you had that idea of, like, maybe wanting to go somewhere else, was it like, well, I want to go to another metropolitan city? Well, that sort of thing, too. 
and I just had a meeting with a guy yesterday and he was asking me this and that. And I was like, you know, left to my own devices. I mean, I probably would have the pizzeria like in the middle of the woods on a dirt road. <laughs> and I'd be, you'd pull up to get a pizza and I'd be out there like splitting wood with yeah. <laughs> Like a lunatic. Like Fargo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Putting Basically. a person yeah, in a wood chipper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> it would be that. It would kind of be that, yeah. But well, and then all your customers I earn it. Talk you out of that weekly. You can talk me out. Well, yeah. Mike talks me out of a lot of stuff daily, <laughs> which I don't know if I honestly should listen to him either. <laughs> but I do somehow, and I don't. don't yeah. You know, whatever. The fact that Mike is the gauge of, of reality yeah. scares the shit. Well, out I of have me. another friend. Yeah, well, I have another friend who always says, "When I'm the voice of reason, you know shit's going wrong." <laughs> and it's like that's kind of like how this has become. Like we're if we're the voice of reason for yeah. each other. Yeah. I don't know where this is headed. <laughs> well, real quick. So, yeah, I, I ended up back in a metropolitan area because the pizzeria is, you know, as long as I'm making the decisions regarding how the pizzeria functions, runs, what it represents, what it's all about, it's always going to be limited to who it appeals to. It's always going to be limited to its growth. It's, it's only going so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody else needs to come in and be like, look, make the pizza. And that's it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care else. of everything else. Because you make, make sure all your pizza. You don't. You, you're the only. I do one everything. Touches. Yeah, yeah. You the make dough the dough. The pizza, yeah. You make the pizzas. Yeah. Nobody touches anything but yeah. you. You know, as long as I'm also making all the other decisions, you know, this this thing ain't going that far. Right. It's amazing. It's even gone this far. Um, so that being said, it kind of always ends up being where the pizzeria needs to be back in a metropolitan area because yeah. mm -hmm. you know we're 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 drawn. We're appealing to a small audience, so you got to be in a big audience to get that. Right. The, the numbers, it's yeah. just, right. we're working on it's the numbers. Math. It's math. Right. Yeah, it's math. So, like, if I'm in a small town in the suburbs and I'm running it this way, I mean, my appeal, instead of being, you know, 100 people a night, might go down to, like, 20 people a night. Mm -hmm. So, that's why I always end up back in the city. But yeah. if I had my choice, no, I would not be or would have gone to a big city again. Um, so, but coming out here because it mm. is, you know, New York is this mecca of everything, and mm. especially food. Out here, you hear that too, because there's there's a lot of good restaurants and yeah. a lot of. And well, you're so closer to the produce, the produce like they grow really good things here, which is harder in New York, I think. Yeah, I mean, year round, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, either way, you're still getting your tomatoes from Mexico oh, here. Yeah. Like they don't grow tomatoes here year round. Really? Yeah. No, they end. Probably like November, you know, I mean, you can squeeze, like you might find a guy that can squeeze it till almost Christmas, but they mm -hmm. start getting a little weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, the main difference is certain things grow here year round that you can get, but like for what we use for the pizzeria, the majority of it, you know, there's a season to it also. Right, yeah. um, I mean, produce now for, you know, your own life. I mean, it's amazing out here. There is a lot of, I mean, also just the outdoors out here, the, you know, but I know nature's. It's, it's a lot it's closer. It's second to none. I yeah. mean, it's, it's breathtaking if you like to be out and drop out. It's one of those things when I come to San Francisco, um, as much as I'm a New Yorker and I'm like, ah, oh, change. But when you, when you know you can get out into like amazing nature yeah. within minutes, yeah. it's always one of those appeals to be like, I kind of want to be around yeah. beauty. 
and and you yeah. can find it really fast. Yeah. So no. I know you, you mountain bike. So yeah. was that one of the decisions that was to yeah. help say where I want to open? Because anywhere you went would pretty much I, I have a feeling I, I feel like it would be successful because of the quality of what you do. But where you're like San Francisco might be it because it is a good food town, but it has the other thing that I want mm. to experience yeah. in life, which is fun with is going out and being in nature and yeah. biking. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. So Totally. I mean, when we sold the place, like you're saying, we had people, you know, kind of offering us stuff, this or that, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of crazy stuff from like TV stuff to like who knows what. But <laughs> there was one guy that like kind of reached out to me and turned out to be like really an awesome, really awesome dude. And that's the guy that owns this building that I'm in oh. now. So that's how oh, I ended okay. up in this spot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so he, uh, so he reached out to you. He had his people reach out to me. I was actually, uh, doing a cross country mountain bike trip by myself mm. and you know, checking, like I sold the place. So I was like, that's it. Yeah. I'm like going living in my truck for six weeks and mountain biking and stuff. And plus I was burnt out. I mean, New York city was intense, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. imagine I did everything there myself too is here and we were super busy. And also I just had wanted to show the world that the pizza was the best, but I hadn't been prepared to deal with the other things that started coming my way, which was like, you know, opportunities and offers of like things that you know how, how do you like how do you figure it out like yeah it, like it was like i gotta keep my brains here i'm gonna go nuts and become a crack addict yeah. or something and you'll be like on the rooftop penthouse doing who knows what <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm like i'm just a pizza maker and uh so there was like just a lot of stuff and everything and then i would just always try to recheck back to like spending my days off with my real friends and biking yeah. and dropping out again. So, yeah. so anyway, so this guy reached out. So that's sort of how we ended up mainly in San Francisco. San Francisco is definitely on my radar of options. LA was mm -hmm. one, two. I think those were the two. I mean, growing up in New Jersey, I had always loved uh, California, yeah. the idea. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. I think a lot of East Coasters did. We all I grew up did, like, yeah. yeah, we grew up like everything my brain thought of and developed as a human being was basically based off TV and cigarettes. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, basically I yeah. am Colt Seavers. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I wanted to be Magnum PI. Right. Basically my human life was to have a hairy chest, which I don't yeah. <laughs> live on a boat, drive a Ferrari, be a stuntman and a private investigator. Yeah, you carry a gun. You're forgetting the mustache. You need like a really Yes, And I can't grow a mustache either. So <laughs> instead I make pizza. So, um, were there changes to the, like how the dough, uh, like rose when you got out here? Like, did you have to adjust to what you're actually, what you're doing yeah, with the yeah. making of the pizza? Um, yeah. I mean, also the building, you know, the building is a big, where you make your dough also is a huge factor. Mm -hmm. Um, so beyond even just like San Francisco, the air, the water, whatever, I mean, just this building itself and the kitchen and, you know, the, just even the environment where I actually besides making the dough, actually make the pizza, like where the oven is and everything. It's yeah. so different than New York City. Um, I mean, that spot was so small. The roof was, yeah. you know, the ceiling was so low. The, the yeah. oven, the, like where the dough sat, it was like literally like so, it was like an incubator yeah. right. and stuff. So this was, yeah, there was a lot to figure out here um, with the dough and everything. And also it never really gets super hot here. It never gets super cold. So you would think that that would be ideal, but in a way... 
in New York, it was almost easier to control the dough because, like in the summer, it was always hot, and so I you kind of knew, knew what to do. Where here, it's it like these little tiny fluctuations that are enough to kind of get the dough weird, yeah, but not enough to be like I need to like blast the heat, yeah, and like cover this thing with like a blanket so it raises good because the dough is never refrigerated, so it's always at room temp. So yeah. then I try to sort of manipulate the temperature of the room mm -hmm. as best I can, but. This space is so big. Again, like I had never worked in a space as large as this pizzeria. So I just thought this is going to be great. Like it's not going to be hot <laughs> like in New York. I'm not going to have any of those issues. But then actually it ended up being where there was a lot to. Like more complicated. It was more complicated. Yeah. New York was just almost more straightforward. Again, which in a way kind of is a symbol of everything of New York, which is this is the way it is. Deal with it. Right. And fight your way through it. And here everything is kind of like almost like a kind of a grayish yeah, type right. of life. So mm. you're kind of like, eh, I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah. Or the dough isn't exactly <laughs> raising right, but I'm not sure. Is it hot or cold? It's, right. it's kind of a symbol to me in is a way it, of everything. Is it like, uh, is, is the flavor like of the, like the, I don't know, the natural uh, bacteria that's in the air, does it have a different flavor out here? Like when you're allowing sourdough to develop, I mean, they talk about San Francisco sourdough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it does. I mean, gosh, you know, I, I'm not sure because the pizza that I was making there was, you know, so many years ago. You can't remember. I like, don't exactly know. Then. Like, you know, the thing is because I am never really happy with the pizza mm -hmm. or like maybe one or two pizzas a night on yeah. a good night where I'm like, ah, oh, finally a good one. I just always naturally think like yesterday the pizza was better than today. Right. So obviously I'm going to totally think the pizza in New York was better than this and be like, oh man, I had it going back then. And this has been right. crap since I moved here. But then like, thank God just to get me off the ledge, someone will come in that was like a regular in New York yeah. and they're visiting and they'll eat it and be like, oh my God, dude, the pizza's better than it was there. But yeah. then they might not know either. Cause they haven't eaten it in six or seven years. Yeah. So they're just like pumped yeah. to be here. And it's like, you know, I used to wait online at like Frank Pepe's for pizza when I was a kid in New Haven oh, yeah, for yeah. like four hours in the rain. Right, yeah. I remember being outside there in snowstorms with my mother and my grandmother complaint, my grandmother being like, ah, I can't believe you make your mother drive us all the way up here. <laughs> I still go once you? a it's year. Pizza. Yeah, no. And I mean, like I loved it and like waiting and waiting and finally yeah. getting up to where like there was the window and you're like, oh, <laughs> and then like they'd let somebody come in and cut everybody and be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> Wow, I don't understand. And you'd finally sit down, you'd eat that thing. It, they could have been sh serving me like a shoe with tomato sauce on. I'd be like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. So that might be also what people think if they come here and they're, yeah, you know, waiting and they used to be a regular in New York yeah. and they, they like what we do. I had, but you haven't of, I had a little bit of that last time we were here that we came and ate and I was just like, Yes. And Mike was like, this is disgusting. I hate this. I was like, are you insane, man? This is perfect. Do you High standards. Yeah. I even called Ted. I was like, dude, guess where I'm at? He was like, oh, you're a dick. I think I sent you a picture then what, last time that I was here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I am better at making pizza now, you know, and I would think just out of the fact that, like, I keep doing it. Yeah. You know, and definitely... So I don't know if the dough is different or it's better 
or if but it you has can't a different pinpoint flavor. a particular like it's tangier here or the no because again like i feel like that's such a fluctuation even on a day-to-day basis like in new york there were plenty of days that the pizza wasn't great i mean yeah. there were plenty of times i mean i think and i hope that it's true is like over the run of New York City, the dough was at its best probably the last year mm-hmm. when I was there. I felt like I really kind of locked it in and like, Hit your had, yeah, I like really like found like a rhythm, you know. I was going to say, this goes back to nuance because I think it's something that's really hard to even know. Like I hear people say like, oh, this is so much better than New York. And it's like New York was like seven years ago or something yeah. like that. Yeah. There's yeah. no way yeah. you remember. Yeah. Like, yeah. If they changed yeah. the ingredients in Coke, yeah. you would not know no. seven years yeah. ago. When yeah, Coke, yeah. You know, totally. Like... Because, like, you know, people come in and are like, did you change the cheese? <laughs> and I'm like, you haven't been here in three years. <laughs> yeah. Did it's you change the cheese? Just... <laughs> 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 you changed everything. But you're con- that's funny because... You constantly kind of change and tweak it. You're always tweaking it, yeah. right? You're. Yeah. It's never. Oh, it's it's done. This is what I do over and over. You're in in every direction. You're always slightly moving the scale or moving the like. It's like the EQ almost. Yeah. yeah. But that gets back to that original point, like just like subtle manipulations of like hue, value, or chrome. Like yeah. Tony has painted. How many bees have you painted? Oh, uh, well, a bunch. Like <laughs> like the last one. I, I looked at it. I was blown. I've seen a lot of your bee paintings, yeah. and I looked at this bee painting, and it blew me away. Like I've seen them all. I know what you're capable yeah. of, and it was like you found some other little tweak on a bee. Just and it, it mo- but this- and that's my whole life is about. I paint the ocean. Yeah. And it's all about like some little tweak. I, I saw people are always like, "Are are you tired of painting? Like when are you gonna stop painting waves?" And I'm like, I, it's the same as like yeah. making a Neapolitan pizza. It's like these little variations and. I just want to get it right, and it never, it never quite feels like I got something right. But there's something else that I want to get, and it's, yeah. it, it's a never-ending quest. Yeah, <laughs> it's also an interesting thing too, because it's like you see this a lot with teachers and stuff too, where it's like they want to give the student everything, but at the same time they want to protect the thing. And I know it's the same with the pizza. You know, there's new, there's things about it that you feel are proprietary to what you do. And that if somebody just knew this ingredient or this measurement of salt in the oven temperature, that they'd be able to do it. But the reality is, is that they wouldn't. If somebody copied your palate and like, yeah. there's nuance and experience that makes what you do yours. It's like the hand of the master or something yeah. goes in there. And it's, it's well, so it's much more the trial and error. It's the, it's it's the chasing the a little nuance. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, someone can paint the ocean, but they're not looking for that thing that you're chasing. Yeah. Like, that's not the thing that they're focused on. They're just like, oh, I paint it like Ted paints it. Mostly they're not driven by like a deep passion for that, yeah. whatever it is, whether yeah. it's pizza. Well, people you know, burn through or, things pretty quick. Yeah. You know, it's especially like, now. Now, yeah, yeah, especially. It's like everybody, like Mike had said earlier, it's like, you know, I mean, with the way things are now, it's like everybody literally is an expert in 15 minutes and then they're <laughs> on to the new concept. Yeah. And so like, you know, I even had these guys in the other day that are from Italy and they brought me some flour to sample and they also sell cheese and they're, you know, they're representatives of like a super large uh, cheese manufacturer in California that's pretty national and they sell curd also. So they're like, dude, like you could just get the curd and make your own cheese here. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to make cheese. I don't know how the, how the hell would I make cheese? And they're just like, wow, that's great that you said that. Cause mostly anybody would just be like, of course, yeah, just give me the curd. I'll be a mozzarella <laughs> expert too on top of everything else. It's like, 
you know, it's like ice cream. It's like, just make me vanilla. All right. Like <laughs> look, make it amazing. nobody in America has any business making ice cream with lardo in it, salami or any other <laughs> Just make vanilla. Like honestly, like, you know what I'm saying? True. It's, it's like, there's people who have been making ice cream for 50 years and still are going through what we're going through yeah. with all the things that we care yeah. about. Yeah. Tweaks and, the... and it's like, how do you have the balls to think that you should be making salami ice cream? Right. But yeah. the public loves it. And they're like, no, salami's ice cream. That guy's the master. And you're like, ah, whatever. The vanilla ice cream yeah. is our people. That's <laughs> exactly, our exactly. people. We're the vanilla ice cream people. <laughs> Did you ever think about um, teaching? Like having somebody to um, pass on the apprenticeship doing, system? Well, that's yeah. why I had a kid. She just Night, doesn't know this yet. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, Dom, Dom DeMarco, yeah. the Tafaras, I mean, yeah. he's got like eight kids and they've all worked at his pizza yeah. place. He's not what, willing to pass the torch, but... His daughter does make her own pizza here, by the way. In San Francisco? Mine does. His daughter. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. His, his, how old is she? She's five. Like five. Yeah. And she's making pizza. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I'll tell you, it's, it's crazy to, and this is the truth. This is not like me just being a weirdo dad or anything. Truly, if I'm having a bad night with the pizza and like, let's say the dough's coming out flat, it's kind of <sighs> like just not, there's no magic. I'm kind of like you know, just push myself through the night, whatever. I want to go home and watch Dick Van Dyke and put on my slippers and eat <laughs> Who hot <doesn't>? dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, she will be like, Oh, I want to make my pizza. I want to make And sometimes I'm like, Oh, no, no, now, whatever. We have customers. Cause also yeah. people don't think it's funny or cute. Right. You know, they're Devil, just like, yeah. I want my pizza. I'm waiting. waiting. Yeah. So like, you know, with her making it, we have to bring the chair over. She stands on a chair <laughs> at the counter. It's like this whole thing and it slows down the production. But I swear to God, Every time she makes her pizza, somehow the dough and when it bakes will be the most beautiful, <laughs> magical dough of the night. And I swear to you, I like lightning strike me in the head right now. Up to that point, they'll be kind of flat. They're not baking that great. They're kind of eh. She makes hers. I, we put it in the oven. Like she helps me slide it in the oven. Then we set the thing down. Then she gets the other peel and we like throw the shavings on. And then she stands on a chair and watches me. And then I do the actual oven work and take it out. I will take hers out and it'll be like puffy and magical <laughs> and beautiful. And then I go back to doing mine and the next bake off back to like kind of dead. It almost like it there's almost, some energy. There's yeah. again, it goes back to that thing too, of like this like energy and honesty and openness and purity and yeah. doing things for the right reasons. And obviously she's doing that one pizza because she wants to really do that. And yeah. it's just pure and love. And this is something though, that we're also losing now. In terms of people mastering <laughs> things like apprenticeships used to be like father and son, yeah. right? So it's right. like, this is an important time when you actually have the openness to approach things before your hormones kick in and you're like, you know, distracted, distracted yeah. and you hate your parents. That's why I'm a chain like, smoker yeah. and hooker play young. with guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying before you're, before you're resisting what somebody's telling you, you yeah. know, it's like, that's what happens. You start to become a teenager and you're like, ah, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, yeah. I feel like nobody else knows what they're doing. And when you're a kid, you don't question those things. You kind yeah. of say, okay, this, this is what he does and this is how I do it. And you yeah. start to absorb these things and they become really ingrained in someone. And it's yeah. like something that we're losing in our society now where we're trying to become masters at something, you know, in our twenties. Right. Yeah. And it's like, God, we're because we watched it on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. a how-to video. Well, I remember reading as a kid, um, 
you know, about the pizza in Naples and stuff when I was really, really young, like, you know, my, I mean, very, very early teens. Um, and hearing about like, you know, the idea that like they would have like a street kid, like the local kid would start out in a pizzeria and just be kind of like cleaning the floors and sweeping. And then eventually would be like, sort of like a waiter and then eventually sort of like cutting cheese. It was like, there were years and years and years and years before you would ever like actually be at the bench yeah. flattening yeah. dough. It's like Jero dreams of sushi. Yeah, sushi. it's just it's like, amazing. you know, and I mean, obviously like, I don't know if you have to be like, where you have like eight kids and you're like, you're never making pizza and you're <laughs> like 15 years old. It's yeah. like, I'm not like, you know, I don't know if I would do that, but I think they're like Mike was saying, there's something to be said about that. And you can't get around that by taking like an internet course or going to Italy and taking a pizza making course for a week. You know, the fact that like, I was so shy as a kid, it's like, you know, I used to go to like Grimaldi's. I used to go to Totona's. <laughs> I used to go to John's. I mean, I was obsessed when I would go to Naples with my mom and dad and stuff, I literally would eat at Dom Kelly like three times. In one day. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You. Like, I mean, like serious, like this is serious. Yeah. And, but the thought that like you would have the nerve or think that you would be able to just go up to these people and they would tell you like, how do you make your dough? Where do you get your cheese? Yeah. What kind of yeah. tomatoes do you use? It was like, it was mysterious. It was yeah. like, you had to like work at things. You had to like, you know, I used to love like, Totona's and Coney Island because you if you use their restroom you like walked kind of I don't know if you guys remember by the kitchen yeah, you yeah. go back look, through the kitchen yeah, I'd be yeah. like, look you can look at it yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god like, it's all <laughs> happening <laughs> here <laughs> trying to see the bottles back I'm like, there I back here in <laughs> at like 15 and you'd be like oh my god if they see me looking they're gonna like throw me out the front door <laughs> now it's just like there's no respect that's the thing there's yeah. no paying your dues it's like People come up and they're just like, you know, they want to know everything. And if yeah. you don't tell them everything, what the hell's wrong with that guy? He's an you know? asshole. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I think it's interesting because I think people want to skip that step. But if you're going to be good at something, you're going to pay your dues. And everybody that you admire and that they you all see, pay their they've dues. all paid yeah. their dues. Yeah. Yeah. People do it in, like very quietly now. Yeah. You know, it's like the overnight success or like the person who is instantly like great at something. That's pretty you, rare. You gotta I suck mean, at it for a while. Not first. only is it Impossible. rare, but I don't even think it really exists. I, I, I think you're right. You know? Like even and when, it's like people just play that part down. But that's a myth. I think that that's a myth that people love the idea of like a right. genius, just somebody well, because, who like touches pizza dough and is like, I, I understand it. It's I, mean, I it's, don't have to. Yeah, it's why people, you know, vote Republican because they all think that there's a chance they could be rich. Everybody wants to believe that everything's just, a, you know, just a day away. Like I could be a great painter. It's yeah. just going to be tomorrow. And it's almost, I look back on all of these things and I wonder like if you actually knew that it was going to be painful to go from here to here and you were going <laughs> to suffer a lot to like, do, well, just, you do it. just yeah. beat yourself up. But if you embraced that, okay, this is going to suck for a few years. I'm not going to be good. I need to like, like I remember like when painting and stuff like that, it's like, you just felt like it's just around the corner. If this person would just tell me the secret of <laughs> secret, like yeah, how yeah. you do this, I, you know, this person's not telling me how to paint this great. Yeah, why, why yeah. can I not get this? Yeah. Uh, if all that frustration was gone, would you keep going? Would you keep like, you know, um, like if it I, was I easy, part, would you yeah, stick I think, like, with it? You'd get bored of it. I think, yeah. You know, and it's yeah, I mean, like, that, definitely... that resistance I think creates you to push through it drives you but yeah. don't you think in a, don't you think in a sense though that's sort of what's going on though in a way is that people kind of you know are able to access huge amounts of information that was more secretive 
much easier. They can buy like an oven, they can buy all the ingredients, they can do everything. They can, you know, get some investors and open up a spectacular pizzeria or restaurant. And, you know, they're going to be considered equal to people that have spent their life trying to master something. And probably they're going to make a hell of a lot more money. And then they're just going to move on to the next thing. Yeah. 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 That's sort of the way the world is functioning now. And that is looked upon as as a success that is looked upon as an expert right. like you know i'm sure in painting as much as in anything like you know somebody will do something like that and they will be considered your equal yeah yeah and it's like who the fuck is this guy that he's yeah. my equal i've been killing myself yeah. for 20 years or 30 years yeah and this guy's been doing this for six months and he's gonna like be commenting and be my my Pure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's brutal. These guys brutal. with like a, it's brutal. they've it's got a big platform. It's and yeah, you can't compete again. It goes back to that thing of being in Disney where like <laughs> I walked out and I was just like, okay, this is official. I am obsolete. Like I cannot compete when Disney sees the value in a pizza Napolitana type of a restaurant. Where do you go from there? It's like, you're basically, it's like, it's hard to have your voice anymore. And then it goes to, yeah, you do it for yourself, which I do do it for myself. And Mike knows, you know, I mean, I make decisions every day that are 100% continuously prove that it's for myself and not for any other reason. But then you also are like back to that thing that we were saying, like, you need to make a living. You need to pay yeah, your bills. You yeah. want to like buy nice food for your family. Like, this isn't a joke. Like, yeah. you know, I don't have parents that are going to be like, here's 50 thou. Don't worry about it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> things don't work out well, I'm going to be like, you know, <laughs> pushing a cart or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's no. serious. Like yeah. it gets serious. And then you feel like heartbroken. You're like, damn, like you would think at a certain point, like you were saying, like, you know, you look at this point to this point, And if you knew you were going to suffer for those amount of years, would you have done it or wouldn't you? Or if you didn't have to suffer, wouldn't you have gotten bored? But then at a certain point, when you reach a certain level, believe me, that level to me never is really met right. anyway, it, it because works. it's like, yeah, this level, like, I don't even know, like I personally, and like I was saying from what I do is I'm never happy with it. I'm always searching. I'm always trying to find something better. It never ends. Like we literally could have a bad night in a pizzeria, you know, monetarily, but if the pizza was coming out good, I'm like in the best mood of the week. But then yeah. there's nights where it's like, we're crushing it with customers and I'm like suicidal. My wife's like, stop, stop. Customers can hear you. I'm like, motherfucker, motherfucker. Sorry, sorry. No, no, as much as you want. And I'm like taking everyone out of the oven. I'm like, these are shit, these are shit. Like the tables here. She's like, people are looking at you, stop, stop. And like, I'm like literally like losing myself and like have a stomach ache and, but anyway, at a certain point you do, you know, realize that, okay, I've paid my dues. I've suffered. I'm still suffering every day, but I'm at a certain place. Like I should be somewhat comfortable. I right. should be. And not never would I say I deserve. Cause I hate that yeah. saying I don't deserve shit, but I feel like at least I can be making a comfortable living. Yeah. I should be or not struggling. Yeah. I should, you know, if you're going to suffer and do the right thing and prove your point and even create potential, opportunities for other people to follow along in that way there should be a certain point in life where you're like okay i'm making you know the equivalent and comfortable as like a, a good plumber 
Right. Like, you know, yeah. that's all I'm asking. Oh, the like, plumbers you know, are like... That's true. Okay, yeah, right. they, they make good money. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what goes on. A non-union job. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, you've, you know, there's this always this constant, like, thing inside yourself where you're like, oh, I'm doing it for myself. I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care about the public. It's all for me. I mean, obviously you want people to be happy. Yeah. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, it's not like I'm saying that and I want people to come in and I think it's disgusting. Right. Yeah. Like I want people to enjoy it. I want them to think that it's great. I want them to eat it and be like, this is beautiful. It touches me. But all of the decision-making is first for me and what I want it to be. Yeah. But you still also want to make you a wanna, living. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, you want to make a living. You want to be like, damn, I can take a nice vacation. Yeah, it drives you know? me crazy that like in certain areas, you want to sell with paintings, paintings. You want to sell them, but and and that I know, you know, some of the best painters. I, I think some of the painters who are painting right now are better than a lot of the painters that I've worshipped throughout my whole life right. in, in history, and they're struggling right. and like scraping it together. And that to me is like completely unacceptable the, the the supposed i think the supposed connection that like technology is supposed to be creating between humans i think actually it's just making a big disconnection that's my yeah. it's like it's not you know it's just like and i think it also even leads to again like people with the yelp thing and everything is like it leads to this thing of like well i can be like disrespectful or hurtful to people on my phone through the internet so like he doesn't read Yelp. But no, I, I don't. <laughs> but I, so I, I hear. So I've yeah, heard. I, I do not go on but, the internet. I'm but, just um, speaking yeah, that's secondhand. Smart. That's no, it's true. I, I am fascinated by it. So, one thing I, I wanted to thank you for taking the time because no, I know no. you're you're busy. You're actually making the dough downstairs. Dough is rising as we speak. As we were sitting here talking about it, and we're rising. recording just upstairs <laughs> from Ona Pizza yeah. Napolitana and in our luxurious awesome. and how sweet <laughs> just don't. But uh, so yeah. Yeah, you're in San Francisco and yeah. and you know I we highly recommend you going. And I can't recommend it highly enough. Thanks. And I, I think also just like I, I've sitting in the restaurant watching you make each pizza it's like you see the dedication there and i think that's a big part of the experience and i think you, you know you gotta come and you gotta see that and you gotta appreciate it you know all the years of work that went into it so thank you so much for for not only having us and and doing the podcast but doing what you do thank you. and mike uh thanks for coming up and hanging right, out with bro. us mike evans and mike evans you have evans, anything coming, evans, you have, do you have anything coming up or any you have a website and all that crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Mike will be yeah. featured at the short film Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I have nothing right now. Though. All right, but we will. When you have yeah. something going on, okay. just let us know. And uh, thanks also to Linda Delaney and Baca Bay Area Classical Arts Atelier who, who uh, flew helped us out to arrange to, this all to for us to be in San Francisco. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see everybody soon, and uh, yeah, and, and and please keep the good reviews coming. <laughs> We're on iTunes yeah. and our own website. Anyway, nice. we'll Thanks. see everybody soon. Thanks, right. Anthony. Thank Thanks you. Thank you. Hi guys. Hi guys.